We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, which isn't a perfume, but a podcast about the joy and horrors of unrequited love. Today's guest is actor, writer, podcaster, cult leader, and all-round phenomenon, Deborah Francis White. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. What an unqualified delight to be here. An unabated joy. Exactly, I can feel myself crushing hard on both of you now. And if it's not unrequited, it won't be quite so agonisingly fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your name makes it feel like I'm going to sort of news night mode already. Deborah Francis White, what's your stance (laughs) on crushes? (laughs) It's what it feels like I'm saying. But no, are you a victim of uh, crushes. Yeah. Still. Yes, I think so. I get a little, you know, you get a little showmance, uh, you know, a little, a little, I invented that term, by the way. And then, yeah, well, are you sure? On my own, I invented it. (laughs) Now, if some other people have come up with it, that's not my fault. Did you say it out loud or just in your head? No, I invent, I thought I'd coined it and it turns out no one's coined anything. It's all there on the internet and it's very irritating. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I think I fall in love every Edinburgh festival I've ever been to, Mm -hmm. usually with someone I haven't met. Sometimes I'll get a crush on a tech and like, you know, Mm. just someone really kind. (laughs) I'll be like, I just needed someone to look after me. You know, it's not even a sexual thing. It's just a charity um... piece. Is that (laughs) how is that a crush? You could sort of become obsessed with someone without wanting to sleep with them. Do you know what I mean? You oh, just sort that's of want true. To, yeah. Like a waist-up crush. <laughs> a waist-up crush. Waist-up crushes with Margaret. Next on Radio 4, waist-up crushes with Margaret that's Abel Smith. the spin-off of this. Yes, the waist-up crush. I can't I know what you mean. So no, we haven't. This is bang on topic. Uh, because I know what you mean. Because even if... It turns out I'm bisexual. I didn't know that well, fully. Well, exciting. Are you breaking this... On this podcast? I, I I actually have previously broken it on someone <laughs> on else's podcast. podcast. Do but you do any say... talking that isn't on a podcast? No, if days, I'm speaking, no. it is being recorded just okay. in case I say something gold. And that's really, I'm a modern day Jesus in that way. The disciples are always recording it, always jotting it down. And much like Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you may hear the same story on four different podcasts, four of my different gospels, but they're different disciples Absolutely. spinning it. Different. And, and you're, you're honing it, aren't you? You're, you're always telling it. it in a different way. That's right. That's exactly, exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> okay, um, so you are you're still into crushes. Can you remember what your first crush was? Oh well, okay, all right. Are we talking off the telly or on the telly? Oh, I, I want both. Okay, so give, give me what comes into your head first. Davy Jones from the Monkeys, <gasps> which was Good repeated choice. endlessly in Australia while I was going to school. Yeah, um, we had really on Saturday obsessed. mornings. Really so, obsessed. how old were you when you? Well, I was a teenager. I assume there were crushes before then that Mm -hmm. I have to think about. 
Um, there were a couple of teachers when I was at school, even at primary school. I never liked other boys. It was always, always men. teachers. Always men, men. and women? Well, boys were sort of spotty and snide and gross and, you know. For quite a long time. I mean, I don't remember that so much from primary school, but certainly during puberty, mm-hmm. that was, they were so, it's really weird. Like, as I was getting a sexual awakening, the boys were becoming more disgusting. Yeah. And just, they're just, they're just, they were just a bit gross, you know, they were just yes. a bit aggressive or. Because they didn't know how, yeah, yeah they didn't know what they were doing. Gauche, I don't know. I'm, the yeah. poor boys, these poor boys, they were probably, you know, desperately looking for some affection. And, Absolutely. You know, we were like going, mm, no. Well, no, to be but, fair, I, I was. Dwayne Power. Oh my God, I'd forgotten Dwayne about Dwayne Power. Dwayne Power. Okay. Age. How old was he? 13. How old were you? I was, I went to high school and we were in streamed classes. Was he cleverer or stupider? Um, this I is the sort of thing I do listen, not say to my daughter. We were streamed. So the whole point was we were exactly of the same intelligence. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we were perfectly matched. So uh, Dwayne Power was the cutest boy. He hadn't been at my primary school. I'd never seen him before. Mm. And he was... And you were both 13. Uh, actually, I was 12. Okay. He, I, he was 12 or 13. But because I was young for my year, but he had um, shaggy hair, a bit like a surfer dude, which is not normally my type. No. But he but was. You were in Australia. So, yeah, but he, mm. but even in Australia, not normally my type. I'm a, mm. I go for Don Draper. He's mm. my. There's, I have a long running. Not many 12 year old Don Drapers, I would say that is a, a sad fact, but true. Absolutely. Well, the teachers were the Don Drapers, and I haven't oh, okay. got to my favourite teacher yet. Okay. Um, but. Uh, Dwayne Powell was a boy my own age who was super cute and lots of girls had a crush on him. And one day he sat next to me absolutely out of nowhere and started chatting to me. And I had long plaits and he sort of played with one of my plaits and was like, I love your long hair and but it was very gentle. It was very cute. And he was asking me what I did. And I literally could not speak. I just stared straight ahead and did my work and I pretended he wasn't there. And I was like, oh my God, and he's so cute. And I just ignored the boy and absolutely I mean, I ghosted do, him I to do his think face. about this and think about how awful it is that we're trying to communicate to each other how we feel. And we are so bad at it, particularly at that age, I think. Because presumably he, however confident he was, and he sounds like he was pretty confident, was thinking, this girl is not into me. This girl is pretending I'm not here. That's how not into me she is. But actually the opposite. But I don't imagine for true. one minute he fancied me. I'm sure he was just being Why? kind. Why? Why do you say that? Because I wasn't... I mean, also, I wasn't... I wasn't... There was nothing... Um, Overtly, sort of. There's no, there was no obvious. What is the end of this sentence? I, I, I don't know why, but boys never <laughs> fancied me. All they right. just didn't, okay. unless, unless they did, and they, I just ignored them. They I don't know. Did. They definitely know. did. I didn't know at the time. Please take I me know. back in a time machine and have me talk to Dwayne Powell and well, flirt back. But he only would have broken my heart. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's a protective thing going on. Or is just, it, are you rejecting yourself before you can <sighs> let yourself... I was just paralysed with agonising fear that I would say the wrong thing or... It was just so awkward. It was just so awkward. So, and he was asking me questions about myself and I just mm-hmm. pretended he wasn't there. It wasn't like I was like, Dwayne, you've got to get on with your work. Dwayne, you know, it wasn't like... I wasn't like, you know, just batting him off. I yeah. pretended... He was invisible. Yeah. It was so terrible. Yeah. And I got back, oh, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> what a terrible, painful memory. And I wonder, so did he move on to someone else? 
I d- honestly think he was humouring me. I'm sorry, but well, he was how never... You say he's humouring you. Humouring what? In Your those, I don't know. In those days, you would say um, there, was, there wasn't... It you wasn't like... An, Did you have pashes? Yes, but, it, uh, but I didn't. But it wasn't like an American high school where people were going out. Like, yeah. you know, it yeah, was, yeah. we were children, really. It was very immature. And there obviously were people who dated and things, but... It wasn't that culture of who's taking you to the sock hop or whatever they have in America. <laughs> who's, no, none of us know who's taking you to the pet rally. Who's taking you to the tail to ta- the tail guard party? Sure, um, none of that happened. Um, it was it was more oh they're going together and they're going together meant they would walk around together at lunchtime. Yeah, they never never did anything. I don't think. I mean, obviously they did, and I'm just so naive. But I. I don't I, know. I don't know if they would. What would they be not doing? Not at 13, probably. They were. Pro- I'm sure they passed each other. Um, but I do remember there was a girl called... I will make up a name because I don't want to, you know. Um, there was a girl called Anne-Marie. Lovely. Who Go on, Go really on, fancied <laughs> Anne-Marie Gillibrand. Lovely. <laughs> and she really fancied Dwayne Power. Mm. And sent some of her friends to say to his friends, Anne-Marie wants to snog Dwayne Power. Power. Yeah. And Dwayne Power said no. But she said no. Dwayne Power said no. He said no. He wasn't interested. She was really into him, but she was quite full on. And I think she was so keen to snog boys and, you know, get into it that actually it was a little bit, maybe a little bit off-putting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is the thing that I think a lot as well, is that however awful it was for girls, it must have been awful for the boys who were supposed to do all mm. of the approaching and supposed oh. to be not yeah. not afraid of rejection. And then they did and approach, also, and then they just, like, these little <laughs> bitches just, exactly. just absolutely horrible, ignored. Horrible girls pretending ignored. they didn't exist. Ignored. And that poor boy. That poor boy. He but seems is... to have done okay. I've looked him up on Facebook. Have you? Yeah, he's married with children and a dog and he looks very happy and he's still very handsome. Well, everyone looks happy in these photos. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a home wrecker. I'm not going to go back and oh, no, say, just for this Dwayne, podcast, I'm ready to speak. I'm re- Dwayne, re- I've thought of something <laughs> to say. <laughs> I would put my hair back in plaits and it's very, it's, it's just, it's just, it's a bob now, but I'd still, I'd put it into plaits and go and visit him. How I, sad would that I be? I do feel like there, there should be a follow up to this podcast where we make people get in touch with their, with their old crushes. I, I'm, I'm unavailable oh. I'm a, uh, for that podcast. Because also the other thing is people are getting sexual at different times. Mm. And, you know, when, so my daughter's 12 and when she talks about people having you know people liking each other and whatever and she talked about liking someone and I said what do you mean by liking them do you want to kiss them and she said oh god no and I was like what does it mean then what does it mean I want to be close to you I want to be near you I want to be you know I I like he makes me have a funny feeling or he's such a good cute face it's a funny feel it's just having a funny feeling Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to quantify because as you get older I mean I was thinking this recently about how um how I miss dry humping, which is something I never thought I would say. But well, you know, the you pandemic has really taken a toll on you, Margaret. <laughs> if you miss oh, dry humping, oh, it totally has. Wow. It totally has. It's totally taken me back to, you know, the place where that was the most exciting thing you could do, and it was so, so hot. And then obviously you just stop that. It never happens again once you're able to wet hump. <laughs> And and wet hump is the way I put it. <laughs> With every mouth you like to wet hump me? Do you sometimes say to your husband, "Shall we have a weekend <laughs> away from the kids and just go to a lovely Airbnb in the country and wet hump?" <laughs> He's a very lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He'd probably dry hump with you if you wanted to, just a bit of nostalgia. He probably walked down amnesia lane. Would, but then I'm very tired. You know, it, the, one of the things about dry <laughs> humping was time. With, no, exactly. But you know, when you're sort of you're young and being just, you know, yeah. Like, wherever it was. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of the backseat of a car, but I, do, I literally don't think I ever did that. But, you know, the sort of the time where you were just snogging and snogging and snogging and that's all there was to do, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then once you've got... I don't know. I never did else. that. Never did You've it. never dry humped? No. You lie. Uh, no, I um, I was a Jehovah's Witness when I was younger oh, and we course. weren't allowed to do anything at all. And then that sort of represses you and makes you think you're not capable of doing anything at all. So however you old you phase. think I was when I masturbated, Margaret, I was older. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go on. No. Wow. <laughs> uh, I was, no, I was very old when everything So you weren't, happened. when Dwayne, Dwayne Powell was talking to you, rubbing yourself? Uh, no. No. No, no, no. I know, not at all. And, yeah, it... It, it happened when I we started studying the Bible with the Jehovah's Witnesses when I was fourteen, and I got baptized at sixteen. So you know, it was that all a lid on that. Yeah, but they were coinciding really with years when I had a massive crush on my teacher. So, um, do you want to hear what about did my you, next yeah? So crush? your teacher is called uh, he. Well, I have to give you the run up to the teacher. To okay. the name, even yeah. So how old were you? Uh, so we were thirteen and fourteen when we had Miss Caldicott. And then Miss Caldicott got ma- moved and got married. And so that was junior certificate. So year 11 and 12, that's another... That's when you do your HSC, which you'll have heard about in oh, May. Oh, yes. Yeah. So when I was going in to do my HSC, um, Did I... you have to say it like that, even though yeah. you've never spoken? Yeah, like my Australian accent's really gone off the boil. It's really <laughs> terrible now. It's it's, 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 it's shameful because I actually... You can't go I back don't, now. Well, I don't sound properly English and mm. I can't do an Australian accent either. So my accent is completely my own and I'm uncastable because... <laughs> Honestly, who's going to want this? Like, which character's got this accent? So, so then the subject chooser came around again and you picked six subjects for year 11 and 12 and music wasn't on the options. And so my best friend Philippa and I went to the headmistress and said, oh, you've left a subject off. And she went, no, <laughs> we're not getting a music teacher back because... There, there's not enough people... You know, our class was very small, and she's like, there's not enough people to justify a teacher. And so we just said, well, we don't think so. We, we want, we've taken music to year 10 because we wanted to take it to year 12, and we might want to do, to do it at university. And we were playing instrument. There was an instrumental programme, and we both played an instrument. We took it very seriously, and we were like, no. What instrument she did you said, play? The flute. Oh. And, um, and she said, I'm basically a young Lizzo. Um, and <laughs> did you twerk at the same time? Uh, I I did not I, know. I bet that was banned by the Jehovah's Witnesses. It certainly would have been had uh, they heard of it. Um, <laughs> and so then um, we just said, "Well, no." And this was my first piece of activism, I think. Yeah. Uh, where I realised if we didn't go away, they'd have to re-engage with us. So we just stayed there saying, basically doing a sit-in, saying we, we, we won't go until we can you negotiate. the flute. And then she got this teacher and <laughs> his name was Leighton Doily Gilmore. <laughs> so Leighton, like... Is that l- double-barrelled? No. Doily, the, no, the no, no. Doily oh, no, Gilmore's. we had to do the research to find out the middle name. He'd been... Oh, is Doily like a, a nickname? <laughs> Leighton Doily no, Gilmore. No, really into True Doilies. story. He was middle, his middle name was after the Doily Cart Opera Company. Oh, and, that's way fancier than the Doilies I was thinking It of. was before you could just Google things, and we found that out. I don't know how we did find it out, but we found it out and teased him mercilessly about that. 
Um, but his name was, yeah, his name was Leighton, like Leighton Hewitt, quite an Australian name. Yes. Um, like yeah, Lord Leighton. surname for a first name, that's properly that's Australian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I think it's a lovely name, Leighton. It's just got a lovely sound to it. It's all right. It's a bit... Don't! I'm sorry. You dare speak that way about my boyfriend. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when you properly crush hard on someone, is that you can still get a bit of a rage on yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. I still have it about Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah. What, if anyone dismisses oh, if Hugh Laurie? you dismiss Hugh Laurie, I will claw your eyes out. Wow. <laughs> wow. So Leighton Gilmore, he was 23... Oh, you see, that's then, young, isn't it? But at your age, presumably, that was well, we were quite f- old. Well, we were 15 and then 16, or some of us were 16 and 17. And so the age gap was very small, actually. And also, I was thinking this, look, particularly by the age of 14, I think, I thought I was grown up. Mm. You know, and I think that that is one of the one of the awful things about teenage girls, that we, when you're older, you look back and you think, oh, my God, they're so young. Mm-hmm. But when you are that age, you're like piss off we are adults you yes. know, how dare you say I shouldn't be doing the wheelbarrow with my boyfriend Ken uh, that's not me by the way I didn't have sex until I was 21 um, there was a girl in my French class who really told some eye-watering stories wow <laughs> about boys who kept their sovereigns on while they were fingering you um, anyway kept their sovereigns on yeah you know those rings Ooh. yeah 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 I mean she found it very funny the good thing about her like being so advanced was that she was she was clearly having the time of her life which was mm. really good you know it's a good positive thing to be hearing when you're scared of sex and you're 14 mm. it was, somebody's having a great time but also I didn't didn't want that wasn't ready for it no no Um, no well also it was just it just became this sort of banned thing for me you were not you were not allowed as a jehovah's witness to court with you had to court with a view to marriage so there was no dating it was courtship so it was like being suddenly victorian yeah what would have happened if you'd courted then i mean i'm presuming it just put you off courting but if you said (laughs) oh i'm going to court this guy Dwayne. Oh, we'll, you will get married. Well, that that happened before I was a Jehovah's Witness, or right, before I was okay. studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses. But if I had said I wanted to go out, I don't think my mother would let me go out with anyone at high school. No. But if I, I'd have had to do it in secret, but I just wasn't that kind of. No, no, I, I know it's hard to imagine. I, I would have been it? far too terrified, um, and I wasn't socially ready either. So, yeah. but I fancied Mr. Gilmore massively, and he had this thing where he'd obviously been told because we were only his second ever appointment he'd only taught one year before us and he'd obviously been told to pick someone in the room and talk to them so he used to sort of sudden he would I remember him teaching us all about Bach's laws of harmony oh and um so hot (laughs) and I'm just getting a bit verklempt and he would just look into my eyes and only my eyes for like half a lesson and then he'd move on to someone else and we would all talk about it afterwards like how he stares at you and how dreamy it is and it was like you could imagine you were going out for dinner with him and he was teaching you about you know it's uh, funny though an augmented force so so to speak i'm sure he augmented my force (laughs) you call it your fourth yes in this context i do 
I remember my my little sister talking about going to a take that concert, and I do believe you that like he was doing that intense thing with a small music mm-hmm. class. But she was saying she watched the take that concert that she was at later, and she became absolutely hysterical because um, Mark Owen looked down from like literally the pedestal he was mm-hmm. on into this crowd and and waved, and she was hysterical hysterically laughing and saying we thought that was at us. You mm-hmm. know, we we were really like, oh my god, he actually looked at me, us, and then yeah. you look at it from a distance and go, no, he can't even see those people that is just some screaming girls well i have a bit about this that i that i've done in various different contexts (laughs) no like talking about talking in a sort of ted talk setting about this kind of thing and also probably in comedy settings as well but um that because that is something that rock stars can do they can make you feel personally looked at and they actually what they're doing is throwing a look but they they know to wink and a hundred women feel looked at. And I've done a poll in big audiences and said, Can put your hand up if a rock star or pop star has personally looked at you or winked at you from the stage. And about 50% of women believe that's happened to them. And the wow. maths does not add up. Now, <laughs> in my case, Paul McCartney really did wink at me in Sydney. <laughs> sure, no, he really did. Sure. No, he really did. Because I burst through, I got managed to get through the barriers to get to the front, past the bouncers, and all my friends got held back. And I ran up to the front of the stage and we really could see each other. He was as far away from me as, not you are, but a little bit further. And he winked at me. Now, 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 now. No. Stop looking at me like that. For years, I told people the story and said, it's not true for you. Whoever you think looked at you, it's not, but it is for me. Yeah. And I held on to that. And then I went to a party and who should walk in but Paul McCartney. What party was this? It was a party. Mm, anyway, vague. so, so Cult. it was a party. It was, no, it was a party <laughs> of a person who's, you know, gloriously generous and famous and well-connected and, and a lovely person. And so... Malala. It wasn't Malala's party where I met Paul McCartney, no. I met her at the Friends reunion. Uh, No, I didn't. I didn't. If you're listening, Malala, and I'm sure that you are, uh, I'm not claiming to know you. But also, Malala, come on. Come and talk about your crush. I'd love to hear it. That'd be wonderful. So, years later, I was at a party and I ended up talking to Paul McCartney and he said, oh, you know, he was saying to someone who was with saying, him, should, he was saying, <laughs> that is like him. He was saying, oh, <laughs> this isn't a fake story. He really did. He, no, he didn't say, he said, oh, you should come to one of my concerts. And I said, oh, I've been, it was in a context of a conversation. Sure, I can't bear no, what you're about to say to No, him. he, he, it was a, con- there was a reasonable context for him saying, come to a concert. I was with somebody who hadn't been. And I went, actually, I've been to one of your concerts, Paul, and um, you winked at me. And I know, I know that you probably just sort of wink in a direction, but I, 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 I believe you winked at me. And he went, I remember you. And he went, <laughs> I did wink at you. And as I went to walk off, he went, you've always got that. I did wink at you. And I was like, yes, come on, endorsed. Years I've been saying this, endorsed, endorsed. What a nice man to say that, though. What That's a so nice sweet. man. That's so good. But so I'm looking sweet. at you and you look like you might be related to Paul McCartney. Why so again you would you think... take away another one of my crushes? <laughs> By saying oh, it's incestuous. No, but... <laughs> Why? What, is this a torture programme? Where you come on and you go, Leighton's a, stu- Leighton's a stupid name. Uh, Paul McCartney's your cousin, so you can't <laughs> shag him even if he offers. I mean, no, people are attracted to people who look like them. Why anyway, do I look like Paul McCartney suddenly? This Cheekbones, is... the dark brown eyes. I'll take it. Listen, if I'm Paul McCartney's 
niece or something, yeah. I'll be delighted. Yeah. If it turns out. I'm adopted and on one side of the family I don't know <gasps> anything, so it's possible oh that I am Paul McCartney's love child. Yeah, I'd say likely. <laughs> God, do you know that does happen, though, that people... There's a genetic attraction. Yes, no, I do. That's what I... But I Loads I of people end up shanking yeah. their biological yeah. family and not knowing, and then it comes out. Yeah, yeah, no, I do know this. But also, I think... <laughs> our producer's appalled. <laughs> Should we move on from the- yeah? So Leighton Gilmore, the thing about Leighton, Mr. Gilmore, as I still think of him, really, mm. yeah, he would no, just stare into your eyes. Things. I remember him saying that when he was at university, if a student would ask the tutor, like, "Can I do this?" they'd say, um, "Well, look, look through Bark. If Bark's done it, you can do it." And then he only realised at the end that what he was doing was giving everyone this comprehensive education because people would be pouring through to check that, oh. and they were, what they would learn from looking for it was much greater than anything that they found in the end. Um, and stuff like that, just wisdom like that, pearls of wisdom. But some, but he, but we used to tease him, and because you know we were we were old yeah, enough to be friends. Yeah, exactly. Type feel. Sassy teenagers. Very sassy, and we all had a massive crush on him. And. Uh, Sometimes we'd just go over the line and we'd say, you know, we'd say something that was too much and then he'd then he'd get really, really cross because he'd I think oh, he'd really? think actually angry or Well I think flustered. he'd just he'd no, he'd just think I have to be the teacher, I have to I've yeah. let this is my fault. I've let myself become their friends and I need to assert control. So sometimes he'd get really like cross and uh and like one time I told him to shut up, like jokingly, mm-hmm. but then he kept me in. Oh wow! Yeah. And told to me off, point. which was so exciting. Yeah, yeah, um, just hotter. Yeah, so hot. Yeah, yeah. Which again, we would all talk about how much, but how, also, how exciting it was to get in trouble. I was talking to a male friend the other day and saying I think that men often don't understand what women find attractive, and um, because he he thinks that throwing some paper into a bin from quite far away is attractive, and I was mm, like, no, no. <laughs> um, but being really good at something is incredibly attractive, and that's sort of as a teacher even Mm -hmm. you know you are more likely to be you know you could have a very very hot teacher but if he's bad at his job that immediately becomes Mm -hmm. a lot less attractive I've I've fancied baristas is that how you pronounce it Mm -hmm. um just because they're amazing and they're they're unless you fancy barristers no (laughs) it's the Spanish way of saying barrister is that right (laughs) no um if they make a really good cappuccino. <laughs> yes. Like, but, but this guy, he was doing it almost without thinking and just like all of, you know, it's quite intricate and he was doing it super fast and casually. And I was just like, oh my God, that's just somebody who really knows what they're, they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> and now that's, yeah. That's weirdly attractive. With Game Pass. So thinking about Mr. Mr. Layton, I was going to call him, and that's not right, is it? It's Mr. Gilmore. Do you still have that now? Do you still find um, people who are just really good and powerful? Powerful sounds wrong, doesn't it? But is that is that what you find attractive? 
now? Is it related to that first crush? Definitely. I find talent so sexy and good teachers so sexy. I remember reading a comedian's autobiography and there was a story in it that resonated from things that other comics had said to me, male comics had said, that he was saying that when he was at high school or secondary school, he couldn't get a girlfriend. None of the girls were interested in him. And now, you know, when he's famous, they're all kind of coming to the stage door and and trying to kind of get his attention and stuff. And he spoke about it in a way that, yeah, you know, I shagged them because, you know, and it was sort of like revenge. almost revenge. Yeah. Like, yeah, I shagged them all because they, they, don't, they didn't want me because I'm famous. They didn't want me then. And I just thought you really fundamentally misunderstand what women are finding attractive there. What they're finding attractive is you commanding the Hammersmith Apollo yeah. and, and making everyone, they're like making the audience your orchestra making bringing sounds out of them it's so attractive and sexy to watch a comedian who's really good at their job or watch a rock star be able to lift everybody up or or a concert pianist you know yes. whatever and at high school you didn't have that gift you developed that gift because girls didn't want to shag you at high school yeah and now they want to shag you angry with them Yes. You're actually angry with them. I and it's like, no, agree. you've changed. Your sex appeal is about your confidence. Do you look very different? No. Yeah. But it was not your looks or not. Maybe it was at high school. Lots of people are more cosmetic when they're young. And there's, you know, look, honestly, lots of 14-year-olds aren't very interesting. You know, how many of them have really got a searing blog? You know, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, now they do because Generation <laughs> Z is saving the world. But when we were, you know, young, they didn't, you know, there wasn't what you do maths, I do French. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't. There wasn't yeah. a lot to get your teeth into, metaphorically or literally. And I think th what they don't understand is what we fancy so yeah. much is the confidence and the command and the, the, and the belief in themselves. And I think the reason they don't understand that sometimes is that particular sort of man still fancies the same woman for the same reason. So he still fancies the hottest girl in school because yeah. she's the hottest girl in school and his libido hasn't changed. So he assumes our libido hasn't changed. He yeah. assumes he, he and he he doesn't understand he he doesn't or he assumes our libido was always cosmetically based, which it wasn't. At school I fancied that teacher, but as you say if that teacher had no personality, if he hadn't looked into my eyes, if he hadn't been interesting about Bach laws Bach's laws of harmony, I wouldn't have fancied him. If he'd just been a bit grumpy, yeah, he was cute and he had cute hair and he used to do this little thing where he'd push his fringe back and, you know, do... He had a moustache, actually, and he used to kind of do, like, a oh, two-finger moustache. No, I know, I don't fancy moustaches normally, but he told us it was because he'd, grew, he'd grown a moustache because in his last job, um, a teacher had come into the... He had a baby face and a teacher had come into the staff room and said, what are you doing in here, young man? And he went, I have to do, I have to say that I'm not a student. So he grew a moustache to to demonstrate he wasn't a student. <clears throat> Smoked a pipe or a waistcoat. <laughs> yeah. He was so cute, though. He was adorable. And, uh, and you know, I, I sort of think that what that comedian, other comedians like that don't ever fully understand uh, is that it's it's got to be more. Um, and listen, for, I mean, as people get older, and certainly there are many, many, many men for whom this is the same and non-binary people, and it's not something that's, uh, that's, that's only known to women, obviously, but where there is a gender trend, there's yeah. a certain sort of man, I think, who just doesn't get it, doesn't get what yeah, we're fancying. Absolutely. I realise, increasing as I get older, do you know what? where I get a crush now or I get a massive flash of fancying? If someone is very changed by me... <laughs> It's the ver it's very flattering, and people do not know the power 
of being changed by other people. I think it's the most flattering thing ever. So give me an example. I met a woman in... Uh, uh, I was waiting to do a radio show and she was waiting to do a radio show. And I didn't realise we were going to be on together. We couldn't hear the radio show. She didn't seem that interested in me. And uh, yeah, she was just sort of in her own space, fair enough. She was introduced to me and it was fine. I then went on the radio and I was asked some questions. It was in Australia and I was asked questions about intersectional feminism um, and, you know, how, you know, minority groups were being treated in Australia and that kind of thing. And I gave quite, you know, strident, you know, yeah, energised answers. You practised it a lot on other podcasts. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'd give, I gave quite strident <laughs> answers and I wasn't didn't mince my words about how I felt. And then this... Um, young woman came on the radio show and joined me like joining a panel she was the next guest but I stayed on and she was so different to me she was like elated and really energized and then when we went to they cut to the news or something we got to chat she went I can't believe she said why are Australian feminists not saying this what you're saying is so amazing and I said how did you hear it and she went oh when you went on I turned (gasps) it up and then afterwards we had this amazing fizzy connection and she went, I just never in a million years imagined you say those things. And I went, yeah, I look like a white feminist, don't I? <laughs> and which if, you, if, if any of the listeners don't know what that means, it's, it's, a, it's a term for a feminist who uh, thinks that when white women have everything white men have, then mm-hmm. the job's done and mm-hmm. they're not really looking outside for, you know, other sorts of uh, inequalities and injustices. And I had this massively exciting connection with her and a massive crush on her. And I think... It was because she was super changed by me. And I had the similar experience, actually, with um, a gay man that I met in New York. And he's gay, so it's not like there's a sort Mm. of desiring to go to bed with him or anything like that. But it was sort of more like, have you ever had a sort of gay, straight, Will Will and Grace type crush where you've had a really great fizzy connection with a, yeah, a gay I mean, best friend, which is so flirtatious and glorious and, and it has got some of those elements, but it doesn't mean you want to go to bed with no, them. It just, it's waist up. It's, it's a, a waist, waist up, up crush. crush. <laughs> it's one of Margaret Cable Smith's patent waist up crushes. Um, but, you know, sometimes there is a bit of, um, you know, with a gay best friend. I've had gay best friends that have snogged me and things like that mm-hmm. in clubs and, you know, like had fun and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think... Um, or dan- you know, dancing together. I, yeah. You know, I used to have a bit that the the, the way a gay man dances with you in public, um, it it would be inappropriate for a straight man you were sleeping with to dance with you like that in private. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's there is a sort of element of that. And I met him on Fire Island, um, which is an island uh, off Manhattan. I think it's part of Long Island. It's really just a sandbank, um, and. I ended up going there. It, it's, it's, it's gay men all summer, only gay men. I hardly saw any women on the mm-hmm. island. My friend and I had gone there to see um, Alan Cumming and Ari Shapiro in concert doing songs and chat. And we did not realise this was an end of term show, end of summer show for the gay men of right, Fire Island. Yes. No one went there the for the show. Year. It was like in a school hall. Um, we had got it all wrong because we thought we could get an Uber to Fire Island. You can't. You have to get a ferry. Um, so we'd ended up in the late show, uh, realising we had nowhere to stay. And we we were coming back to Manhattan. We had an Airbnb in Manhattan. Um, um, and as we got on the late ferry, because we'd missed the early ferry, Gina, my best friend, said to me, do you notice anything about everyone else in this ferry? They've all got an overnight bag. 
And I went, yeah, I think we live on Fire Island now. I don't think we're coming back tonight. <laughs> we, we're gonna, there's no late, there's no ferry back. And so we had to make friends. And it was very much like The Wizard of Oz. Um, the first friend we met was on the ferry. And I just went up and said, could you give me some information about where I live now, please? Uh, he said, stick with me. I'm photographing the same show you're going to. Um, and he said, but so he said, I'm going to dump my camera and then we're going to meet these two friends of mine. They're engaged. They're Broadway actors. And so we met these two young men and they were actors. So and they weren't working at that time. I, obviously, it was Saturday night. So I sort of started buying drinks thinking they'd probably got, you know, they're probably out of work actors type thing. And it turned out one of them was they, they've both been like big. They were both big Broadway stars yeah. in musicals, basically. <laughs> um, and I just had this really great connection with one of them. But it was just like this really dynamic connection mm. and they took us to an underwear party um which means you have to take off your clothes and check them at the door and uh and <laughs> I, I casually i just said this. no like absolutely not and they were like come on it'll be fun um and mm. anyway one thing led to grinding in my underwear and it was <laughs> one thing only took one thing one thing led to <laughs> you know a lot of things and we ended up skinny dipping in the middle of the night it was really good fun and uh, staying with them. And, and it never occurred to me to be scared. If I was on an island full of straight men and I couldn't get yeah. back and I had nowhere to stay, we, there were, all the hotels were booked up, except one that they said was a bit of a cracked in. So, or, and some of them were men-only hotels. You would, they didn't accept women because it was a, it's, you know, it's a place for gay men to be and they just don't want you ruining the sample. Up. Um, fair enough. Uh, the whole the rest of the world's for straight people, you know, I think that's fair enough. <laughs> um, and, but then... I've probably, we've probably spoken on WhatsApp every day since. I mean, there might have been a few days that have gone by. And that was a year and six months ago, probably 18 months ago that we met. And we, he came and wrote in my writer's room. I was doing a, um, a Netflix writer's room and he came and wrote in the room. Um, I've been to New York. He brought a bunch of friends to my show in New York. Like, we're so close now. And, you know, we FaceTime a lot and we've worked on various projects together, writing projects and scripting and stuff. And it is, it's a kind of really remarkable friendship. Does it still it feel has... like a crush? I don't know. It's like, a do funny... you have a crush on each other? It's, it's a... not a, just a, a we've bonded and... It definitely felt like a crush at the beginning. Yeah. It definitely felt like a crush at the beginning. But again, it wasn't like a... I'm going to shag you, crush. It's no. more, it's safer than that. No, absolutely. It's but so I think, safe. I think and a it... lot of first crushes are like that because I'm, I'm presuming that you did not want to have sex with Mr. Gilmore, that that was not part of your fantasy no. life with him. I don't it's think I that. knew what it looked no, like. I didn't exactly. know a I mean, penis I knew got erect until I saw an erect penis in life, <laughs> yeah. in real life. I didn't know that it had to go hard. I didn't know that. So I was definitely oh, not I imagining his heart penis. things had to go up. Did you? Yeah, for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. Very I just thought and didn't know about the hard bit. I thought either. it was like like putting a marshmallow through a litter box. I yes, didn't exactly. understand. I mean, how... that does not sound fun either. It no. sounds really But I did imagine tricky. myself hanging out with him. I don't know what I imagined, really. Yes, that's what I mean. So it's not so crushes to me almost like sometimes they are sex. Sometimes you have crushes and you want to have, you know, you imagine having mm -hmm. sex with them. But I think those early crushes, those formative crushes are often that. I just sort of want to be near them all the time. <laughs> I sound like I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this whole podcast a ruse to tell me you love me? Yes. <laughs> that would be brilliant. A brilliant end to every episode. Just me saying. <laughs> I'm only interviewing my crushes on this show. <laughs> so,
So how did your crush with Mr Gilmore end? And if you had anything to say to him now, if he's listening, what would you say? Um, Okay, so it ended because I sadly had to leave school. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did go back and visit him a sort of year later. Oh, and how was that? Did you feel the same? He'd shaved his moustache off. Um, it was it was really nice to see him. I remember my best friend and I gave him a poster um, that sort of that I think we'd had calligraphy done on it that said um, to all further PBC musicians and things like that. We used to write him little songs and things like that. And I, so I went back to see him, and then I saw another friend of mine who was a singer who was now hanging out in his social circle. And I couldn't do that because I was a Jehovah's Witness and super, super, super uncool anyway. And she was sort of all glamorous and fabulous and uh, much more the kind to kind of, you know, be in nightclubs and singing in glamorous places and things like that. Um, but I think, I don't think that crush ever really goes away. Like, I mm. think, I, funnily enough, I recently Googled him before you asked me about this oh, show. Really? Like, yeah, I recently just Googled him of my own accord. And I found a picture of him. And it's really shocking. Like, he's an old man. But what was I expecting? Him to be 23? No, he should, with those crushes, they should stay exactly Yes. And, I mean, you know, I mean, he's still an attractive old man. He still would. I don't know that I can promise you that. Um, you don't need to promise it. I, Mr Gilmore, if you're listening... Uh, I believe he's he's married and with children. He's teaching to Christian high school. And I remember his father was a vicar, son of a preacher man. Mm. Um, so I don't know, but he used to smoke and he was being, I think he was going through his rock and roll phase. I think he was a bit, he was a bit naughty. <laughs> See, still I bet he's a good think, boy now. I think Stillwood is the nicest thing you can say about anyone. I'd like to have it on my gravestone. <laughs> Still, well, still I feel like only very, people with a very specific and dark kink still would when you're dead. It does make you feel special, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I just think there's something about the necrophilia desire oh, to have, you are, to have less fun than I thought. There you were with your underwear parties. You've let me down right at the end. Look, here's the thing. Leighton Doily Gilmore, if you are listening... Of course, I would love to meet you for a cocktail and see where it goes. If you are not <laughs> still in a committed relationship, mm-hmm. who knows where you are in your life? Maybe you just want one last magnificent shag before you die. I'm not saying you're nearly going to die. You're not that old. <laughs> he's still teaching. He's still working. Wow. He's not. He's not. He's he's not dead. Just to be very clear, I'm just saying he looks older. It's a bit like. Did you watch the Friends reunion? Yes. Um, well, he hasn't had. He's not all shiny and <laughs> no. tight, is he? <laughs> But you know how Mr Heckles looked the same yes, age exactly and they all the looked a lot yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. And th- that's the trick, is to look, look like old this, look old when you're young and you never age. The heckles it up right nice. Because really weird that oh, heckles... He gets so much pussy. <laughs> Who didn't have a crush on Mr Heckles? Let's be honest. Um, but do you know what the sad thing for that about that, that for me was that there's an episode where Mr. Heckle di- Heckles mm. dies in in Friends, and and Matthew Perry's character Chandler gets obsessed that he's going to get be alone and get older, and he's going to be this loner, and he's never going to find happiness. And so it was really awful for me to watch Matthew Perry, who's obviously had very public struggles yeah. with solitude and addiction and sadness, and you know, no continuous career and things like that. Seeing the ghost of Mr. Heckles come through the door 
with that prophecy has come true. And I just was like, oh, my God. It was so poignant for me. I was like, why did they bring heckles back? Mm. The, 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 The ghost of Christmas past. Oh, my God. I was just, wow. I was genuinely just blown away that they would do that to him. Mm. And if, if he had died there and then, I wouldn't have been surprised. I would have blamed him. I would have blamed the man. Um, but the <laughs> ageing process... would have been a very downbeat end to that uh, show as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your... Oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> Love life's DOA, wasn't literally. Your year, it wasn't uh, your life. <laughs> <laughs> really. Um, Poor Matthew Perry. This is not me laughing at a poor a person who's had, who's had you know some tragedy in his life. By the way, just to be very clear, but it was more that I was just like, oh my god, this feels so intensive. Anyway, um, I love the French reunion, but I think the unfairness that we impose on the Friends cast is that they are pickled in aspects because yeah. we keep seeing them on reruns that come on our TV and you know things like that, and they are still twenty four, twenty five, maybe latest thirty two, and they this you know, pressure to stay young. And I think teachers are like that, yeah. that you, you, they are who they were and there's, they have no business ageing. Yeah, there's, agreed. I don't approve of it. It's, I don't <laughs> think it's fair. It's out of order. I think they need to look the way they looked when we were in sixth form or doing our HSC. I sense a new strand of activism for you. Yeah, I will sit in the principal's office until Mr. Gilmore is put through a full Benjamin button. But, you know, on a, to, to end on a positive note, I feel like uh, if you did go for a drink with him and mm. talk about Bark and whatever, those, it might fall away. Those years might fall away. Mm. I do, you, you do hear these amazing stories of people who were, you know, in love when they were very young, coming back together. And initially it's <laughs> in a love. Shock. I mean, I was <laughs> no, sure I was the gauchest teenager that he didn't fancy at all. I, no, but, but, but they, they, they get back together and... You know, if you have that connection, you start to see oh, 100%. what you used to see. I've got hotter, and that's something you do mm. need to know, Mr Gilmore, if you're listening. I was a very gauche teenager. You're enjoying this appeal now. I was, a, I, was a, I was a gauche and embarrassing teenager, but now I am a glamorous woman with some profile, yeah. and uh, I've grown into my curves i you know i've got my the high cheekbones are still there if that was something that ever interested you um and i've I've had quite a lot of treatments there where you provoke the collagen in your skin. Um, I don't know if you know do about they this. they work? No. Oh, they definitely do. Basically, your collagen gets very lazy as it gets older, so you've got to pick a fight with it and go, you fucking lazy little bitch, what are you doing? Just lying and doing nothing. Just verbal right. abuse. That work? Because yeah. I, I get enough of that at no. home. No, it, they do it with needles. They don't literally swear at it. But if, if, you, if you provoke the collagen and pick a fight with it, it starts to fight back. And rebuild. So, I, so I just want to say to Leighton Dolly Gilmore, I've recently in, in lockdown when we've been allowed out to do some things. I've been doing a lot of DIY on myself in all sorts of ways. I've had therapy, uh, I've had hypnotherapy, I've learnt to dance. There's been a bunch of stuff. Oh, just wow. you know, I've just been doing stuff because I don't have children all, to all wake for me Mr. Up. Gilmore. And <laughs> so I'm just saying, my cheekbones have never looked higher. If I'm honest, you'd think that they might have no, because I've done no, the I've done the done collagen. Work. You've done, done collagen treatment. I haven't done that work done. No, no, no. I don't want that out the there. Work, the exercise. No, 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 the, uh... no, no, nothing invasive <clears throat> or anything like that. But yeah. I've just had a bit of stimulating of the old collagen, which I don't see anything wrong with that. People dye their hair. No. Um, I'm a feminist, but I will tap uh, my cheekbones. I will needles. get a bit aggressive with my collagen to get it to wake up and do the. It's basically like the Rocky training, making it run up the stairs. This, my skin has had the Rocky montage throughout the lockdown. Wow. Um, it's, it's in training. It's in training. And it's, listen, it's never been happier. It's, 
said, thank you for getting me off the couch. You know, sometimes you need a buddy to go, come on, we're going to get off the couch. You're lying there, you're depressed. Yeah. You're not doing anything anymore. Come on, let's go out and paint the town red and let's go and get some personal training and all of that. Well, that's what I've done to my collagen yeah. and it's grateful. No, well, I think he's, I think Mr Gilmore is going to be very impressed with that. I, I feel like Listen, the, at I the just... end of every episode should be appealing <laughs> to the person trying to get them to see you for what you really so, were. Yeah, what I'm saying, Mr Gilmore, is I've got hotter and you've got less hot. And yeah. so what's happened is the status has shifted in our relationship. <laughs> this um, isn't where I thought this was going I, to go. You are now really, you would be lucky, lucky yeah. to go out for cocktails with me. Yeah. I appreciate at the time you would have been arrested for going out with co- cocktails <laughs> with me because I was in fact a child and it would have been illegal for me yeah. to drink, let alone get handsy with my music teacher. Um, so if you're listening, Mr Gilmore, I think it's time uh, that the two of us just, let's just see what's there. Crashed it out. See what's there. Listen, there probably is nothing there, but we'll never know. If we don't I, it's awful, give it a go, I, 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 I honestly I feel guilty for re-triggering this in you because I'm I'm the same. I'll get like the over lockdown, particularly. I, I start I cried about the first boy who broke my heart mm. in 1994. I, you know, but I, I watched normal people and I had a weirdly emotional conversation with my sisters, and suddenly, and we were both. I, I was with my husband, and we were both really, really laughing as I was mm-hmm. crying. But I was like, I don't know what's happened, but I felt like it had been reignited. Just all of that thinking about the past, I just connected too much. Did I see on social media you saying you'd written to him saying why did you break up with me? No, I nearly did. Three, no, in fact, that was a, a that was my first proper boyfriend. <laughs> you think I went out with the first boy? <laughs> broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> you foolish foolish child uh, no no I nearly wrote to my first boyfriend to say I think I've worked it out uh, and, and I didn't but, what did yeah. you think it was I think I think he wanted to have sex with some other women <laughs> because he was really young oh and okay was being fancied okay. by other people and I just didn't understand that he didn't want to settle down with me at the age of 21 why would hmm. you So now comes a very serious point in this podcast where we find out whether Deborah and her crush would have ever been meant to be. It's a very scientific method. Our producer is doing it at the moment. Shall I explain what it is? Um, Yeah, I'm not sure you totally understand the um, maths behind it, but it's um, (laughs) I write out Deborah's full name. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are different versions of this. We can do it several times, maybe losing the Francis yeah. if that gets a higher... Yeah, you sometimes um, put, in, put in the doily and so take I, out the doily. I'm writing down exactly... I want the real number. I want to know. Okay. Leighton Doily Gilmore, Deborah Francis White. Okay. Don't you're saying that that's that's You're saying that is... Can you tell me how you spell doily? D, yes. apostrophe, Ooh. O, Sorry. Y, L, Y. I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's the doily no one ever part, is. isn't it? <laughs> and is it G I L M O R E? No, you are. You are. That's correct. You are. Good job. I, you are. Good job. I checked. Mm. Um, okay, bear with me. Did I say D apostrophe O Y L Y? Yeah. O Y L Y. Yes, you did. So um, I'm now going to run through these names, counting um, how many L's, that's O's, L's. V's, E's, and S's are in that, and then we're going to do a little bit of math. So. Um, 
I used to, when I used to do this, feel bad when I had loads on my side and not on their side, as if that showed that I like... You were keener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will definitely... Have been well. I, I, I'm definitely going to show up with Kina if this well, if this is science. That's not what the numbers say. No, Ooh. that's all I'm saying. So I'm going to add these. Maybe up it now. was a "Don't stand so close to me" moment for him too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's let's pretend <laughs> that's true when it clearly and isn't, seven, and also eight, pretend it's not because that's creepy. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what I'm hoping for here to ask you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I this did, is one that goes on and on. I did work out that if you want a hundred percent, you need one L. And nothing, no O's, V's, E's, or S's. Oh, well, Doily's to really going to throw us. Yeah, absolutely. No, okay, you're, so you're, you're screwed already. Scary now because we've got lots of tens oh. and elevens. Oh, it's oh, this is the point where it gets low. I think people really it's have to ones. understand what we're doing for this to be in mm. any way. Oh, it's good. Oh, 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 it's looking good. It's you need to get it. We need to get it down to two digits so it's a percentage. <gasps> it's eighty-six percent, Deborah. Oh my god. So I think this this as it is a full appeal to Mr. Okay. Gilmore. Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> can I just say if you are listening and I can only assume you are. Oh yeah. Um listen, I don't know. You're probably happily married and I don't want to do anything. In fact, if you are happily married, please don't meet me because the 86% implies heavily to me that you will leave your wife for me. But <laughs> if you are in any way at a single point, at a single moment in your life, you suspect your wife's having an affair or something like that and you think it'd be nice to explore what's there, I've just moved out into a one-bedroom flat. Um, you know, I'm going to be back in Australia uh, later this year and I would very much like to take you up on that offer of a drink <laughs> that you never made. That, that 86%. The 86% implied. does more than implied, it demands it. Yeah. Deborah Francis-White, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm crushing hard on your show. Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Please like, rate, and subscribe if you like what you hear, as it helps people find us. Crushed.